From the bayous in Louisiana to the Camber country up north, you'll find them out on the trap line chasing furs to put up on the border. Mixing up another batch of that magical stuff, chilling around the fire after the show. Hey, it's Sarah and Jeff, and maybe a guest on the trapping radio. Welcome to Trapping Radio 2.0. Uh, this is Jeff Dunlap, your host for this week. Uh, I know, it's crazy, two weeks in a row. We're, st- we're, we're starting a trend. So, anyways, uh, I was over working uh, in the lure shop and dreaming about being back down to Iowa because I'm up to Michigan. And uh, I'm going to be heading back to Iowa pretty soon with within days um the weather looks great to you know be after some raccoons or some coyotes i've seen some stuff down there that i want to try and do and maybe i'll talk about that you know tonight uh, if we get time but uh, i was over to lure shop and i thought i'm gonna go take i'm going to do the radio show right now so i was uh bottling up bobcat gland and um getting ready to take that into f&t tomorrow but uh I got me a coffee, I got me a Fanta, zero sugar, and I'm ready to roll. So, um, I just wanted to say that I appreciate everybody. We've had some, uh, you know, big uh, listens on the shows that we've been doing, um, and I just appreciate everybody listening. Um, We'll cover our sponsors to start. Uh, F&T, out of Alpena, Michigan, they uh, got everything you need for... Trapping, hunting with hounds, and uh, predator calling. And, um, you know, if you want to look up them, it'd be fntpost.com, uh, 989, I was going to say 727, that was their old number, 989-354-8727. And uh, then we got uh, Funkies. Oh, and if you get into El- get up by Alpena, you should go to FNT store. They got a, a whole fur room. It's an awesome place to visit because if you're into trapping or the outdoors, because, you know, you walk into a room and they got all kinds of, the you know, uh, depending on how many they sold, you know, six, ten uh, fur, full fur, fur blankets you can look at. You know, you, a lot of times you see the blankets online, but you don't see them in person. It's cool that they got them there. You can look at the blankets or, on just, you know, there and you can buy them. They got, you know, walls full of hats. They got walls full of fur. You know, they got all kinds of boots, waders, you know. I mean, it's it's not like the traditional fur buyer with a little bit of supplies, you know, which, you know, everybody always appreciates be able to pick up something at their fur buyer. You know, this is, uh, you know, like a, a bigger store, you know. Um, so if you get up in Alpena area, you know, stop in. Um, then we have uh, Funky Trap Tags out of uh, Guthrie Center, Iowa. You can find him by looking up Funky Trap Tags, and uh, Alan's a good guy, and I don't know his phone number by heart. I have to look his up. The only two people that I know their phone numbers, 
I take that back. The three people I know their phone numbers uh, anymore is F and T. I know my own phone number because I've had it forever, uh, and my mother. <laughs> Those are the only people that I can dial on the thing and know their phone number. You know, so. Those are the ones I've called probably the most. So, and I, no, I don't know Sarah's phone number. <laughs> I know it starts with 515. <laughs> Other than that, I just look up Sarah. Most times she's with me. I don't need to know her phone number. So, you know, um, but uh, she's down to Iowa right now, uh, you know, uh, trapping coyotes and uh, catching some raccoons. So, and, and, and making uh, Christmas cookies with uh with her sisters and uh that's this is the time of year when you should be doing stuff like that and um you know spending it with family and you know sarah will have them all out on the line the other day they were all out on the line so um and uh this will be right before christmas so merry christmas to everybody no not see happy holidays merry christmas and uh if you don't like merry christmas i really don't care that's that's what i say i'm that's that's what how it's always been, and you know it's like people that tell me that uh, you know in the store some happy holidays. Now, Merry Christmas! You tell me Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know that's what this is about is Merry Christmas, uh, Jesus's birthday, celebrating it, and so you know say Merry Christmas. Um, so, anyways, we're gonna kind of cover this week um, is. You know, I mean, who really knows? I jump all around. That's just, you know, how I am. Um, you know, Clint could talk about, uh, you know, a stone out in the driveway for an hour and make it interesting. I, I can't. I'll tell you what, it's a gray rock out in the driveway, and then let's move on to something else. You know, I, I jump all over. So, and what we're going to kind of touch on this week is... Because I see, you know, a lot of it on, like, Facebook and stuff like that, where, like, I, and I've, t I've talked about this, but we're not, that's not necessarily what I'm going to talk about. I've talked about, you know, you put up for, you know, you, some, you know, animal you caught and people, you know, denigrating a trapper. Um, this is more of, you know, going below that of, you know, why is some is some some is just people people are are uh, can be negative trappers are no different they're they're just people and they can be negative they can be jealous they can be hateful um you know so some of it is that but some of it also and i think a big part of it is is you have a on a social the social media where you have people somebody in let's say Butler, Alabama, you got somebody in, uh, you know, Arizona, you got somebody in Montana, you got somebody in Alpena, Michigan, you got somebody in uh, Jefferson, Iowa, okay? So you got people, and, and, and even more diverse than that, you know, you should got some up in Washington, you know? Like Anthony Anthony Rubio was up to Washington, you know, trapping cats. I don't know anything about. Without seeing the pictures, I know nothing about them cats. So. Th my point being is, you have these diversity of people all over the country. They have different qualities of fur. 
just from the from that the qualities of fur if somebody in alabama sees that i'm trapping raccoons in iowa their first thing is why are you trapping raccoons yes that was my southern accent y'all bless your heart so but why are you trapping the raccoons well you know in butler alabama the them hides back in the eighties the, the the them hides were worth more than what our Michigan coon were worth. So the thing is is but now it is switched and they're not worth anything in Butler, Alabama. So they they look and they think that the they've never been out of anywhere but Butler, Alabama. They haven't traveled out of state. They trap a little bit, you know, so let's say Butler, Alabama and they think a coon in Butler, Alabama is just a hair bit, just a little bit smaller and same quality as the one in Iowa or in northern Michigan or North Dakota or northern Wisconsin or northern Minnesota. They don't realize, you know, you see them on pictures of them online is one thing. But when you go and look and see that animal side by side, there's no comparison. I always said when I trapped in Louisiana, it was time to go home when I started thinking the coon looked good. If the coon looked good to me, I thought, you know, that one really isn't that bad. It was. I had been gone from home for too long, too long. It was time to go back. And that was always the way that we were. You know, if the coon started looking good, it was time to go home. And, uh, you know, you know you've been away from home for a long time. And, uh, but... The thing is, if you're out there listening and you're just getting into trapping or you've trapped for a long time and you never went anywhere else and trapped, things are, the fur is different in different parts of the country and it looks different in different parts of the country and some things are wanted from certain parts of the country. It's like a, a coon in Iowa, there's a market for it. A coon in Alabama, I'm not saying you can't sell them. I'm just saying I personally don't know anybody that is out, you know, saying, hey, I want to buy a bunch of Alabama raccoons. The difference is, is the people down south still eat raccoon. You can find markets down there for the, you know, not just Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi. You know, you can find people that will still buy the, the raccoon carcasses. A lot of northern people haul them down there and sell them. That there's a, there is markets down there if you want. And... and you you can get just for the car a gutted carcass, um, the same price as you know what what a lot of guys are getting for their raccoons, and you ain't got to scrape them and dry them. So, you know it, it it it, and there's other markets for guys and and ladies in different areas as far as you know. And I'm not talking about like you get one uh you know like weirdo looking raccoon. Yeah, that's great because you can sell that, but most people would just get it tanned themselves because it would mean something if they got a cinnamon raccoon, you know, not a piss stained yellow one, a, an actual cinnamon raccoon, um, you know, or, you know, something else that was special like a, a black bobcat, you know, something like that. Um, I'm talking about where you go out and you look for markets to market this stuff, it, it, you know, I mean... the. To, to, to the way the market is right now, other than beaver and bobcats and otters seem to be coming up, 
a lot of this, and even I've heard that Red Fox prices are going to start creeping up. You know, I'm not a fur buyer. I talk to fur buyers. They call. I call them. You know, I'm buying a lot of carcasses off of them and stuff. So, you know, we're just talking. And I tell them, <laughs> like I had told Trevor Barnes, I said, I left him a message. I said, when you call me back, you better have something positive <laughs> to tell me. Because he called and left a message for me to call him. So I called him and I left him, like I say, the message. Don't call me back. You call me back, but I want to hear something positive. And he called back, and it was it was positive. He said that you know it looked like there might be some good movement in the Red Fox. There's some interest in the raccoon. It's starting to move. So you know, and I know Trevor's been buying uh, raccoons up here. Um, you know, at different stops. So you know, uh, w you know what exactly what he's paying. I don't know. You know, um, he was interested in uh, in him and some other guys were interested in the raccoons that uh, I was catching in Iowa, and those were already sold, you know, I had them sold before, but that's what I'm talking about going out, finding markets, you know, but the thing is, and this is going to be the key to some of the markets that you get, like, let's say like the market, like last year, I had a market, I sold my raccoons from Iowa and some, Mich the real good Michigan ones for $9 nose count. Okay. That's what I sold them for $9 nose count. Two years before that, me and Sarah sold them for $9 nose count, all right? But the thing is, let's, and, and you can bring up the price, but the thing is, let's say somebody comes, like, let's say coon prices start going up like they did, like the beaver prices did last year, all right? So my, the beaver, the, the let's say right now, you know, I'm got this market and they were going to buy my raccoons. For nine dollars, let's say the most the price starts going up, and the most that they could pay and still make money at what they're doing. Let's say that this market um, is thirteen dollars. Okay, let's. I don't know that, but let's just say it's thirteen dollars. So I say, well, you know, can you pay any more? The markets went up, um, you know, and they say no. It's nine. You know, first of all, we would agree. We've agreed on nine dollars, so that's where I would just stick. But you know, hypothetically speaking, let's say somebody else comes along and can pay the, we'll pay the $13. If I sell them out and when the price goes back down, I don't have that $9 market when nobody else was really selling raccoons like two years ago uh, or last year. You know, I mean, you could sell, you would definitely could sell some raccoons, but you weren't getting $9. I didn't hear of anybody getting more than $9 on raccoons you know, on like 400 of them. So, uh, the thing is, and you don't cut the throats when the price goes up, you keep them markets and you could keep them markets through the good times and treat them well. And when it go, goes to shit, then you still have them markets. You cut their, you, you lose them markets. And then when you can't, can't sell any, you didn't, if you made, if you sold them for seventeen dollars on a rising market, and then the next year you couldn't sell them, but for three dollars, you, you didn't make any money at that higher price. You could have been selling them for nine dollars, nine dollars, nine dollars. You, you understand what I'm saying? You cut the throat of the people, you lose your market, and you 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 know you got to have loyalty sometimes. That's 
it's rare in this world, but you know, you got to have loyalty. I mean, it has to be both ways. And, uh, you know, so when you get the markets, treat them right. Don't, you know, uh, gouge them, you know, come to a fair price. And I, you know, on the way the market's been, I think $9 was a fair price. Um, but back to the difference in the fur, it's like, you know, we're talking about like the raccoons. It's like, you know, uh, a coon in Iowa if you've never been in northern Michigan, you'd just seen a northern big coon as a northern big coon. Like our coon here, where I live, you might, you get some, if you put them, you put them on the scale, you know, that I never caught one. I think like it was the biggest was like 31 pounds, you know. I mean, I'm sure you'll talk to some people around here that's caught, you know, 90 pounders. But on this scale weight, I you know, around 31, 31 and a half pounds, the problem with our coon is they're not long like a Minnesota raccoon. So if we have a 40-pound rac raccoon here, and he's built like the rest of them, he, his gut is going to be so fat that his legs won't even touch the ground. So, you know, it's rough to get a 40, 45-pound raccoon because if they were that fat, they couldn't walk, right? So... You know, Minnesota's got a, lo a longer coon than what we do in South in, in South Dakota and that, and they'll get their coon will get bigger than what ours will here. You know, if, if you get a forty pound raccoon in Louisiana, they that 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 coon it, uh, would have to have like uh, rollerblades on or something to get around because that, that their coon definitely ain't walking. You know, I mean, it's just. And I'm not saying that somebody feeding one, uh, you know, for years, you know, but out in the wild, you know, the, the, a 40 pound rac, raccoon in, in Louisiana just, just doesn't happen. You know, let, let's be real about it. You know, I mean, they say it does and they get them, but, you know, reality and fantasy sometimes run real close together. <laughs> you know, that's, that's all I'll say. Um, and I've caught a lot of coon down there and I never seen one even close to that. I didn't ever caught a 30 pounder there. I probably never caught a 25 pounder there. So, but the other difference, like say, let's say like with the, uh, Iowa coon versus the Michigan coon, they're both Northern coon. You know I mean? There's more Southernly Southern than what we are, but, um, the colors down there. Are great. You get some some you know junky colors, but they, you know they you know especially this time of year, you know you start getting a little bit of a tint of yellow and, and like one percent. But other than that, they look like you know color wise like they're almost stamped out of a mold. You know they're just beautiful. You look at them and um, up here in northern Michigan, we get some coon like that, but we also get some browns and we get some piss stained yellow looking ones and we get them the, with the big orange on the back of the neck. You know. They're not the beautiful coon like they are in Iowa. The other thing is, is the leather's thicker on these coon up here. Um, you know, so, you know, the place that I'm selling them to, they want Iowa a lot of Iowa coon because of they're making hats. They're lighter. You know, they're easier for their, their people to sew. Um, you know, so, you know, I mean, you know, you got a beautiful thing, a beautiful animal uh, fur, and you also have, you know, where it's lighter leather, and easier to sew, 
you know, I mean, you know, that's that's the way to go with it, you know, and, you know, but there's just a difference in the the raccoons. It's just like uh, in reverse, Iowa, their muskrats are crap compared to Michigan's rat rats. Michigan's got some of the nicest rats anywhere. Um, you know, I mean, you get some shit ones, but you get down, you know, by St. Charles, Saginaw Bay, you know, all through there with them bigger rats and, you know, and I mean, even like the rats that we catch up here, the, the bigger ones, um, you know, which are, are some of the worst rats in the state of Michigan are still better than any of the Iowa rats. And so, you know, when you're saying, well, I got, uh, you see somebody from Michigan say, well, I got, uh, you know, $5 on my rat. Well, the guy in Iowa said, well, I'm not getting $5. Well, that's because your rats, rats are shit, you know? I mean, you got the greatest coon in the world, but your rats are shit compared to a Michigan rat. Um, it's just reverse from what the coon were. And, you know, so when you see prices, you see this, you see that, it it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything because that's not what you have in your area and if you don't have it that specific fur grade in your area you're not going to get what somebody else gets you know but that doesn't mean that you can't make markets or find markets the day of the way the market is the day of just walking into the fur buyer and throwing your shit down there in in the carcass and getting big money for it ain't happening today you know i mean with with beaver yeah that's it that's it you know uh probably with cats if you have western cats and stuff i'm not talking about you know some cat that's worth two thousand dollars i'm talking about the you know the hundred dollar cats you know i mean like the southern cats you know you get averaging a hundred bucks 125 bucks you know something like that you know, you, in the carcass, it's going to be less, you know. But don't get caught up in, you know, what somebody else is getting somewhere because, it, like I say, it does not affect you because that's not what you have. You know, if I was in, in this, if I was down in the south, uh, you know, what I would be trapping, um, I would trap uh, the beaver for sure. That'd be number one. I'd be trapping cats. Um, I'd also be, uh, you know, trapping otter third, you know, uh, are they going for what they were years ago? No, but you know, I mean, there's some guys paying $40, you know, for good otter. Um, so I mean, if I'm trapping the beaver and I see a place catching otter, I might as well pick up that otter, you know, plus they're fun to catch, you know, I mean, that's, they're, they're fun, fun. And, um, so that's the thing is, is, you know, I'm trying to get across is, is that if you're in an area and you see where somebody's getting something, it doesn't pertain to you. If, but, you know, it's like in Michigan, we're not going to be, we, we're not going to go flood. Michigan guy, uh, trappers, guys and girls are not going to flood the otter market. You know, I mean, we can catch two or three a piece, you know, three a piece, I think, uh, and then one up in the UP. So, uh, yeah, three and then one. So, and, and, and most people don't 
you know, limit out on the otter, uh, you know, so we're not going to flood, flood the market. You know, if you're, you know, down south, you, you know, you, most of the states don't have a limit. So you can just go to your little heart is content, uh, trapping otter, you know. The other thing is, um, like I said, go out and find the market. So, you know, and, you know, uh, places to first sell kind of a few ideas, you know, to, to the kind of a few ideas to, you know, uh, maybe look into is you got lots of different ones traveling around, you know, and like if you're in Alabama or down south and, you know, like uh, Grunwald, and there's other ones. I just throw his name out there. I don't care if you sell to him or you don't. You know, I'm not promoting Grunwald. Uh, I'm just using that him as an example because he's the first one that came to mind traveling to different states. But they go down there in the south and they buy, um, you know, otter and beaver and whatever, you know, the cats. And, uh, you know, that would be like if there's no fur people in your area, you know, you could look and see if they have routes in your area, um, you know, and there's a lot of other fur buyers. I know Trevor Barnes has went, traveled around, and, you know, and there's other ones. Um, you know, so, you know, you, if you're in an area with uh, no fur buyers, that's one way to look look into, uh, you know, the traveling fur buyers. Um, you know, you got uh, Canada, but I'm going to tell you my personal opinion of Canada. I think that they've have done a lot of good and I think they've done a lot of not good. So basically the way I look at it is with Canada with my own fur. And this isn't a right or wrong, this is just my opinion of what I do with my fur. And you can do whatever you want with yours. Is cuz I have other options to sell my stuff. They are, have always traditionally, for a long time, been a good spot for if if you're on a hot market. Like when the coyote market was hot and you wanted to get top dollar for your coyotes, that was the place to send them. The coyote market is in the, in, in the toilet, and if you send your coyotes there, in my opinion, you, you don't want to throw them away yourself. You want somebody else to do it for you. And that's what happens when you send them up to Canada on a shit market. And that that's happened to me time and time and time again. Where, you know, I, just, I send a gray fox up there, for instance. You know, the market drops. I send up the gray fox up there. And they send me a thing that they're still there. And they send me a thing that they're still there. And then they sell one. And then they sell another one. And then, I don't even know, honest to God... For a million dollars, I couldn't tell you whatever ended up happening. If them gray fox might still be there, they might have thrown them away. I might have got paid uh, 10 cents for them. I really don't know. That's how long it went on. <laughs> so, you know, it's like with gray fox. You know, you southern guys got a lot of uh, gray fox. If you have gray fox in your area, you know, uh, it's like up to New York, they have a, for instance, they have a lot of 
uh, crafter people come there. They have uh, the Indian reservations, and them them people come over there and you know buy at the auctions, um, which is a real good state because of you don't have to have a fur buying license in New York. You can just buy fur. I know it's crazy that they have something without regulations on it in New York, but that's just the way it is. But, you know, I mean, you look at, I mean, uh, Lake Cat County, their fur sale, they ha- they've sold Gray Fox, you know, for in the 20s and I think $30 averages for I don't know how long, quite a while. As long, long as I've been dealing with them, they, they don't have a Gray Fox up there. So if somebody brings some in, they sell really good, um, you know. You show you show up there. They got lots, you know, quite a few red fox. You show up there with a red fox. They, you know, might not do as good. You know, I mean, so you know, it's something to think about. You know, if you have a buddy in an area up north where we don't have gray fox or very many gray fox, and they're going to have a auction. You know, you might have a buddy. You know, he's going. Just you know, send them to him and have him have them put them through and see what happens. You might be pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, it's like Rusty Kramer out there, out west. I mean, they they're having them sales and they're doing great. You know, I mean, so it's another option to you know get a hold of Rusty Kramer and you know put stuff in their sale out there out to Idaho. Um, you know, he's done great things with that sale. Him and you know uh, you know all the people that he's got involved isn't just Rusty, and he'd be the first to tell you that. But um, you know that that's one one way to go. Um, but, and, and, and the, the thing is, is people say you can't sell any fur. If you, you might not get what you want for it or what, you know, you feel it should be going for, but you can, you can always sell the fur. It's like at the state sales. If you go to the state sale, almost always when you run that stuff across the table, especially if it's good stuff, it's going to sell. You know, um, you know, you got, you got, uh, all kinds of state sales. You got Michigan, you got Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, um, New York, you know, all them, uh, you know, I'm, and there's a bunch more Indiana, um, you know, I know Nick Ernie and them guys down there that, you know, have their, I think they have two sales. I just heard seen Illinois has, a. Uh, you know, sale. Iowa has a sale, and I think, believe it's in Boone in J- January. I believe, like the eleventh or something like that. You'd have to look into it. Don't show up there on the eleventh because I don't know that for sure. But I thought it was the eleventh. Um, you know, so there's lots of different sales all around the country that you can show up and sell sell stuff to. Um, and like I say, is everything you sell going to be exactly? what you would hope it would be worth absolutely not but you know what unlike canada you can say no you can say no pull it you know pull my thing i had that happen at a first sale you know just one example of why you know you just don't whatever they it's not whatever somebody wants to do and the thing is is them them guys are not they're not being crooked because uh they're not paying they're there to make money too you know they're trying to you're trying to sell and get the most you can they're trying to uh buy at the cheapest price they can because they're business people 
That's how, that's how this that's how this world works. It doesn't, you know. It, it, let's say that they offer you a price and then you walk away and say, "Well, they're crooked." Nobody made you sell. You sold. It, it, if they held you at gunpoint and then took your fur, then the, then I would say they're crooked. But if, if you agree to what they offer, you know, because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example. Uh, and have I done that? Absolutely. Have I said, "Oh, that crooked fur wire"? I have. I have done that in my life. You know, when I was younger, and I, you know, and then, but now as I've gotten older, I'm like, yeah, nobody made me sell. They weren't crooked. I was just stupid. You know, and and that's happened a lot in my life where I've been stupid and made bad, piss poor decision, and you know, sometimes I needed the money and had no choice but to sell. That wasn't their fault. That was my fault. Um. You know, and uh, the example I'm gonna give you is I went to Louisiana. They uh, it for I was averaging just about every year 125, 150 dollars on my otter, and you know, I mean, one year they were, was higher, way higher, you know, for pails, and uh, I went, but the market had really started to soften, so it was probably like uh, maybe 2014, you know. When the when everything started getting softer, but it was still selling. So I go to the Michigan sale. They had a spring sale, and I show up there. I don't even remember how many otter I had. Uh, let's say thirty, forty. It might have been more. Might have been less. I don't. It wasn't less, but um, the put up ones I took there. And I get up there, and I, I had them graded out. You know, but I'm not uh I'm not a great otter grader, you know, so you know, if it was coon, um or it was rats or something like that, I can grade them really good, you know. I mean I've done it my whole life. But we, you know, in in Michigan for years you could only catch one otter. So, you know, it wasn't like buying fur. Um, you know, you're grading a bunch of otters. So, you know, I, I, I you know, I know singed and blah blah blah. So I, I graded them for size, you know, damage, blah, blah, blah. And run them through. First ones were like 20 bucks. You know, they offered me for the, the best ones, like 20 bucks. Like no sale, no sale. Um, you know, and like down to Louisiana then, I think they were paying, I think it was like 39 bucks is what they were paying for them. And I had a fur buyer's. I don't even know who it was, started giving me lip. And I'm like, you know, this isn't, this isn't personal. I said, this is business to me. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to sell for that. So they start running them. They run the next bunch through and next. Anyways, in the whole time, he's like standing there giving me lip. And I said, uh, listen, I, I told you this isn't, isn't personal. I just uh, I don't want to. I'm not selling them for that price. So they run some more, and I just I finally said, don't run any more through. I don't want to sell any of them. You know, and so I, I'm getting pissed off. You know, because I'm pissed because they won't give me the 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 price that you know is the normal price. The but part of the problem was my fault. 
I took a bunch of otters in there to people that are not otter buyers. You know, they'll buy some otter and stuff, but they're not used to buying that volume of otters. And, you know, what are they going to do with them? You know, it's like you show up at a Michigan Michigan um, sale with a bunch of uh, beautiful Western, you know, top dollar coyotes. You know, they're going to buy some and they'll give you good money for them because they want to get them tanned or whatever. Th- I mean, th- those aren't Western coyote buyers. You know, I was putting them in a position. Um, but then the guy, you know, he's telling me, well, I know what they pay for them Southern otters. And, you know, we're going to, you know. We're gonna go and uh, you know you're you're you know you're you're trying to get too much. So finally, I turn around, and told him. I says, "You can either shut your effing mouth, or I can shut it for you." And then he just went on the, down the table, and you know apparently he didn't want me to shut it for him because I had had enough. And uh, a few people laughed in the back, you know. But uh, I w- my thing is is. He was making it personal. And the thing is, when you're selling your fur, don't make it personal. It's not a personal thing. Even though you're emotionally attached to the fur and stuff, just like I am, just don't let it become emotional. Uh, You know, try and keep it where it's just a business arrangement. And you're trying to get the most, and they're trying not to give you the most. And you're trying to make money off of them, and that's what they're trying so I, 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 part of me still wish I'd have cracked him one, but on, on the side of uh, common sense, it's probably better I didn't. <laughs> um, but I figured I'd get kicked out of there, but I had some people come up and tell me, you know, they, they were glad I put him in place because they've had problems with him and stuff, so... But I'm surprised I didn't get kicked out. But it wasn't the first time I've done shit where I got kicked out of places. But that's another story, some other time, that you'll probably never hear. <laughs> Not for me, anyways. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's, there is a lot of different uh, options as far as selling fur. And, you know, the thing is, is... You know, sometimes you're going to have to go out and look for them. And you, you know, I mean, you. the thing is, you can like to go and trap and not care anything about the money. And that's great. I mean, that's, uh, you know, where I like to go out, like right now, I like to go out and trap muskrats. So I, I, in Lake Iowa, I told you their rats ain't very good down there. But when I get back down there, I know where this pond is where there's a lot of muskrats, and you know what? I'm going to trap them. <laughs> I don't care if I get 50 cents a piece. Uh, there's a ton of them in there, and I loved it. You know, I, I set, I had I we had to come back to Michigan, but I, I went and set them traps. I set, took 12 traps down there with the hag brackets and, uh, J, um, you know, the RBG 5-inch, uh, um, and I set... I took 12, and I had one bridger, two bridgers in there, them like 150, 150s. Anyways, one of them had too much paint on it and wouldn't set. It kept springing, springing, springing. And so I had 12 traps, set 11, went and checked them, and had 11 rats, you know, 
out of 11 traps. So, I mean, that's, you know, pretty damn good rat trapping. And uh, there was still smoke in the thing. And, uh, you know, uh, so, and I didn't hardly cover any of it. So I'm looking forward to getting back there, trapping them. And uh, I don't care. I don't care what they're worth. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to do it. I love it. So if you're one of them people, you know, um, you know, there, there's lots of markets out there for, you know, to be able to get the furks. I mean, most of the trappers don't want to go kill something and then just throw it in the ditch. You know, I mean, they, you know, wanted to go to, uh, you know, something off that animal to go to use. You know, you can go online. There's a bunch of, uh, you know, on the social media and find people to buy the skulls. You can, uh, you know, go and, you know, find people to buy, you know, uh, the skulls, the peckers. I don't know what the scientific name for the pecker is, but uh, whatever it is, I think it's a baculum or some damn thing. I don't know. That, that sounds worse than pecker to me. So, uh, you know, I mean, that sounds really dirty, baculum, you know, or whatever they call it. Um, so... But, you know, you get, uh, you know, two, three bucks out of the skull, you get uh, something out of the baculum. And, uh, you know, what else do they sell? Uh, I don't know. They sell all kinds of crap. I mean, I've seen them where they're buying feet. Um, you know, you can you can sell the glands off the animals. Um, you know, so, I mean, you know, you start piecing these out, you know, you're, you're making out pretty good, you know, and... Uh, you know, and the thing is with the skull people, I've never seen them say, you know, if you're in Butler, Alabama, you know, we don't want your skulls. You know, uh, I, I don't think it matters if the coon baculum uh, is from, uh, it would be really funny when I'm not even saying the right damn word. Uh, so this is like, uh, you know, really like X-rated now. It's probably, you know, really bad. Uh, but you know, you can sell the, the peckers from uh, Alabama. You can sell the skulls. Um, and you don't need either one of them for the meat market. Uh, you know, so it gives you a bunch of different options, don't, you know, in different different parts of the country. And uh, but So don't be too hard on yourself, you know, if, uh, you know, you went and sold your, your stuff for cheaper and somebody else in a different part of the country got a lot more. You know, it's just, just the way it is. The only thing that isn't like that is beaver. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're uh, from, you know, down south or up north. Actually, the southern beaver for a few years here been, uh, you know, worth, was worth more than the uh, northern beaver. And uh, we used to go to Alabama and try and disguise them as northern beaver and sell them. Um, you know, I, I never thought it would be where, you, you know, for a couple of years I was like, we got to almost try and just, you know, disguise our beaver as their beaver, the Southern beaver to sell them and get the, the better money, you know, but everything, all the, a lot of the beaver are going for the Hatter market and, and, you know, they're just getting weighed, you know, I mean, they're not, it's not size or anything. It's, you know, it's, uh, by the pound, you know, um, and that's, you know, how it's ended up is with the Hatter market and, uh, thank God for the Hatter market. And uh, whoever got all that going, 
Hat off to you. Great job. You did a great job. I keep hearing that uh, it was because of uh, Yellowstone, but I don't know that is actually true. So, um, the other thing I want to talk about is, uh, you know, because we're talking about different parts of the country and stuff like that, and this will fit right in with that, is um, I've seen on, you know, on uh, Trapping Talk, which if you don't know, that's a group I have on Facebook, and there's a lot of good trappers, there's a lot of beginner trappers, um, you know, but I've seen... One guy say, uh, he said, I only, I just caught my first coyote and there, and I feel bad basically because of, you know, somebody else had just caught their hundredth, you know, don't worry about what the other, everybody else is doing. I mean, it's, you know, it, it takes time. First of all, it takes, takes time to be able, and some people are just more gifted at things. You know, I mean, Michael Jordan can play basketball way better than me. You know, on a one-on-one, he kicks my ass 100 games out of 100 games. You know, so some people are just better at doing some things. You know, I mean, everybody says wants to say all the time, you know what? Uh, you know, you just got to learn how to catch them. And you got to, some people are going to just be better than what you are. That's just a fact. It isn't where you are ever going to, no matter what you do, uh, you know, you're not going to be the, the same caliber as what they are. They got a uh, heavy drive in that where you just want to do it, you know, for fun. Um, you know, can you get efficient at catching them? Yeah. Can you be really good at catching them? Yeah. But you know what? Uh, you know, I mean, like uh, some of the guys that go out and catch, you know, are catching a thousand coyotes. I'm never going to do that. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't want, I don't want to go out and try and catch a thousand coyotes. I got no desire to catch a thousand coyotes. I don't want to skin a thousand coyotes. I don't want to put up a thousand coyotes. You know, I mean, just not my thing. You know, I, I, I would, I have more fun going out, you know, catching 50 coyotes or 25 coyotes or whatever I end up catching that year. And, you know, if I go after something more and trapping the beaver and trapping weasels and catching a couple mink and doing this and doing that and jumping around on different animals, that's what I enjoy doing, you know? Um, so, and the other thing is, is with that, you, you're not going to ever, if you don't have... You're not coming to northern Michigan and catching a thousand coyotes. You're not going to northern Wisconsin and catching a thousand coyotes. This is, you know, or I'm, I say a thousand, you know, let's say 400 or whatever. It doesn't matter. You don't have the population here to do that. And it, and it probably is like that in your area. You know, so, you know, if, you know, and you got in, you know, the, the, the people that impress me the most is uh, a person that goes out, man or woman, they got a job, and they go out and check their traps before daylight because they got to be to work, and they catch 30, 40, 20 to 30, 40 coyotes a season. That is impressive to me. Because 
you've you've got your regular life going on of going to work and everything else and still getting up earlier so you can do it and then checking them after after dark and one guy i seen says he said i'll be glad someday when i retire so i can check traps in the daylight i mean that impresses me that that guy is so committed to trapping that you know uh you know he doesn't ever check them in the in the daylight you know i mean he probably works on the weekends and everything and you know i mean that's impressive to me that you know somebody's that committed you know to to do that and uh you know so don't if you're just starting out trapping or if you're only catching a few animals you know if you don't have them in your area you can't catch them you know uh you know i mean i can go out and trap bengal tigers up here in northern michigan you know, my catch rate is going to be very low. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to catch a lot of Bengal tigers in northern Michigan. I'm not saying I can't catch any. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, the, the, the catch to trap ratio is going to be very low. You know, so it would get depressing. I'd probably quit. But, you know, if you don't have them in your area, you can't trap them. You can't go out and catch 2,000 muskrats, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Gary down here and if you don't if you don't have any muskrats in your area or you've got you know a few i'm not going to go to iowa and catch 2000 muskrats i don't know anywhere to go to iowa in iowa to catch maybe they're there somewhere and somebody catches them i personally could not do that you know could i catch 2000 in michigan yes but you know the in iowa i couldn't same guy different location can do it in one spot, can't do it in the other because they're not, the numbers aren't there. You know, I mean, I'm, it's like, uh, you know, next gen trapper down in Iowa. He catches, you know, I think last time I seen his post, he was like at 1800 raccoons. You can take next gen trapper and bring him to Northern, bring him to Michigan. And he's not ever going to hit 1800 raccoons he's not even going to come he's pretty good but he's he's probably not even going to come you know within 1100 of that on the best year and it stayed warm you know i mean it's just and i and i'm giving a lot of leeway there you know i'm thinking you know way lower but you know he's pretty good so i'm giving him a, a little bit of credit so um you know it's just it's not possible, and, and the laws are different. You can't road trap here in Michigan, you know, legally. And, um, you know, so, you know, it's just, uh, it's a whole different different thing. But, you know, uh, I don't feel bad, you know, if he catches them raccoons because, you know, you don't have them here. You're not in that numbers. You, you just do what you can do and, you know, have fun doing it, you know. And so, you know, don't get upset if you see somebody else having success because just because they're more doesn't make you less. You know, um, you know, I look at that all the time and I think, you know, if somebody else is successful, that doesn't make me less, right? It, it just means, you know, that they're doing good. And, you know, that that's not a bad thing for somebody else to do good. A lot of people look at it like a zero-sum game where, you know, um, if you do good, I can't do good and you do good. You have to fail for me to do good. And that, 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 that mentality leads nowhere, you know, and 
you know, you gotta, you know, hope that people, other people do good also. And, um, you know, otherwise you just seem hateful. So, but just don't get down on yourself, um, and give up because you're not doing what somebody else does, you know, just, just keep in mind that you, you know, probably don't have that, that number of animals in your area, but that doesn't mean that you can't take a trip to that same area. Like if you want to, if you want to be a big cat, if you want to catch a lot of cats, don't come to Michigan because you only have two weeks to catch one. <laughs> so where I'm at, right? So, you know, that this isn't going to be the best spot for you to come. And especially as a non-resident, uh, they got it set up where you can't even catch any, which I think is total bullshit. But, uh, you know, uh, that's for another show, you know. But, you know, if you want to go down to South Texas, there's a ton of cats in South Texas, you know. Um, you know, you, you know, I mean, that's where you go to South Texas, like to South Texas for, for trophy pictures, you know. I mean, trophy catches pictures, and I mean, a lot of them guys have done that. So, you know, if you want to, if if you want to try and catch more of them animals, go to the areas where there are. Don't just, you know, hunker down. Let's say in northern Wisconsin, and then piss and moan that you know, well, I can't get, you know, I can't trap cats. Go to go to South Texas and catch them. You know, I mean, there's somebody down there with a deer ranch that you know, would love to have you come there and kill the shit out of coyotes and, and cats and anything else that eats deer feed or deer meat, you know, they want you to kill it all. So anyways, I just, I, I hate to see trappers get caught up in that you get depressed or upset because of, you know, you're not catching what you think you should catch, you know, and um, my thing is, is, uh, you know, you got, you got more information right now than any trapper in the history of t trapping more information out there to help you get to where you are. If, if you get caught up in watching, uh, people that don't catch anything, uh, and just put out videos and have never caught anything. And w then what do you think you, what do you think is going to happen when you use their advice, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's like if you're going to listen, you know, if you're working on your car and you're going to, are you going to listen to some guy that has never, ever had a, I've, I've worked on 20 cars. How many ran when you got done? Oh, I haven't had one run yet. Is that the guy you're going to take advice off of? No. You know, there's there's lots of people on YouTube that have caught a lot of fur and on Facebook and I would love to give you advice. So don't fall into the trap of going and listening to people that don't. And I know some. if you're just starting out, it's hard to know the difference. But, you know, if you got any common sense at all, you know, you can see the guys that have for years have put up videos and, and produced fur. And then you can see which ones, um, you know, only, you know, basically are like mimicking somebody else, you know, and 
and sometimes you just gotta you know sometimes you go out there and, and put traps in the ground and have failure and you know and realize yeah that guy was full of shit he uh that don't work <laughs> you know so i think that uh I think with all the information out there, I, you know, it, it gets where overwhelming. Um, cause I know that I look, I look, I do, I look up nothing to do with trap trapping, but, um, if I'm trying to figure out something and it's like, let's say like I was going to do the keto diet and I try to figure out, I know, let's say I, I knew nothing about the keto diet. But I was interested in it because of, you know, eating the proteins and everything. I liked the stuff that I liked. Um, I had a hard time figuring out because there was so many variations of the the keto diet of how does this actually work? You know, what do you eat? And it's all over the board. And so I can see where someone, you know, would be confused of... Like you watch my video and I'm saying, you know, uh, you know, this trench set is the way that I do it. And then you watch, uh, you know, one of Clint's and Clint shows different, uh, variety, a different variation, or you watch Sarah's videos and she does it a little bit different, um, or Jeff Haggerty or Nick Ernie or, you know, pick, pick it a name out of the hat. Um, and they're like, well, this isn't the way that he said to do it. And it's way different than the other one. And, you know. But the thing is, is, you know, you just, uh, I can see where you be, could get confused on that, but you just, you know, you got to go out there and try. And I tell a lot of people that, uh, you know, are starting out trapping, you know, it's great to be a location setter because there isn't always sign uh, to set. But when you're starting out trapping, what you're trying to do, especially coyote trapping, is, and I guess that's mostly what I'm talking about here, is, is setting on sign. Because what you're trying to do is, is to build up your confidence and build up your confidence. And if you have success, your confidence gets built up. And so if you go out there and just set on, you know, on coyote sign where you know they went, they a coyote has been you're going to have confidence when you put that set in there another you know, coyote will be coming back through if you're just setting up a, a four corner on a you know on the road and there's no sign there you don't know for sure if that's a good spot you're assuming it is because that's what all the books and the videos and everything says but you really when i set one of them up you know what you know, which way is the wind blowing? You know, what's the best way to do it? Which way will the wind be blowing in two days? You know, uh, you know, I have a lot of, of you know, uh, you know, doubts about, you know, putting this, just a set in. But that starts going away. It's like Sarah went coyote trapping down to Iowa and was setting traps a couple of days ago with her cousin. Her cousin's just getting into trapping. She's, you know, set some coon traps out, DPs, and caught them. And, but... You know, Jenny's just getting going, and she's real curious about a lot of the stuff. And, you know, she's outdoors. She's been outdoorsy all her life. And, you know, I mean, so, it's, you know, it's not like she doesn't know anything about the outdoors. She just doesn't know about trapping. And, you know, it's like Sarah pulls up and 
stops a, you know, picks a spot, and she gets out, and there's a bunch of coyotes sign there. And then Sarah does that again, and Sarah does that again. Well, that's because me and Sarah, I've done all my whole life, and, you know, Sarah's picked up, uh, you know, what she's looking for. Plus, you know, I mean, Sarah's picked up, you know, no, you know she knows what I know, you know, because I've taught her, plus what she's learned herself. Um, you know, and, you know, I mean, she went to, uh, Ed Snyder's school and, you know, um, you know, she's been around a lot of top trappers and, you know, out in the field and, you know, so you, you take all that and put it together. Well, you're going to start picking up the, these coyote locations and, you know, when she gets out and I will say, you know, Sarah is better than I am at pipe picking micro locations. I, I'm good at finding a location that sets a trap, the coyote sign, you know, and everything. When I see it, generally she sees the coyote shit before I do. If I even do, usually I'm standing on it. But, you know, she's very good at picking the micro locations. And, you know, and, you know, Jenny just says, you know, you know, ask her, how, how do you, you know, when you're driving across the field, pick out these spots, you know, where them coyotes are going to be. And like Sarah told her, getting out of the truck a lot of times. You know, you get out of the truck a lot of times and walk around and you look and you look and you look and you then you start getting an eye for it, of, you know, wh- you know what you're looking for. And the thing is, is you keep learning and, you know, and you're driving past spots that are, are good spots because you aren't tra- you have you're not trained for that yet. Um, so, you know, if you're just starting out coyote trapping, you know, the thing is, is set on sign. And get your confidence up. That's, you know, going to be a, a key thing on setting out coyote sets. And being successful is having the confidence. Most of the top coyote trappers in the country are cocky son of a guns. Because that's the attitude you got to have to be a top coyote guy. You know, I mean, the guys that go out and put them up, that's like Zagger, cocky. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, and you start looking at other ones that are top coyote guys and not every single one, but a lot of them are cocky. And that's, you know, that's what this actor told me. He says, you're not cocky enough to put up big numbers of coyotes. I'm like, no, I, I don't want to skin them. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to skin a bunch of coyotes. I want to, I want to go out there and catch some and have fun doing it. You know, that's, that's where I'm at with a coyote trapping these days. You know, was there a time that I wanted to go out and and do that? Sure. Who doesn't? You know, but uh, I I I'd rather I I like trapping muskrats. <laughs> They're fun to go out. They're easy to carry. <laughs> I can carry. I'm not shitting you. I could carry probably five muskrats in each hand, hundred yards. <laughs> Get them back to the truck. They're easy to carry. The the gear is light. <laughs> you know, uh, they're you know you they're they're easy to skin. They don't take up a lot of room. I can you know scrape them. Uh, you know, put them on a board. I can put a bunch of them in a small area. I mean, shit. You know, the only thing better than that is uh, weasel trapping. I mean, you can put your catch in your pocket. You know, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, come on, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, skinning the tails out sucks, but you know after that, and this and they, when they and when you have them uh, spray their uh, 
gland shit in your mouth, that isn't no fun either. But uh, other than other than them two things, all right, fine. The muskrat trapping is a lot better than weasel trapping, but it is nice to be able to ca- you know carry them in your pocket. But uh, anyways, I uh, appreciate everybody tuning in this week. Um, and uh, if there's something I can do for you, or something Sarah can do for you, uh, you know, just get a hold of us, and uh, we'll, you know, we. we, we our life is dealing with trappers and helping trappers if we can. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's hard on, and I will say, you know, it's like on, you know, Facebook. If I type with one finger, I answer as many questions as I can until I'm like, I can't, I, I can't not do this one finger typing anymore. You know, but if you ask the, you know, you got to get people ask me a question like, um, listen, how do you, I, I'm just starting out trapping. Uh, could you explain to me how to catch a coyote? Now picture me with my phone reading this. And then with my one finger that I type with trying to answer this question, right? <laughs> so I just say, I got a lot of videos on YouTube that might help you. <laughs> so here's a link to my youtube channel and you know uh go, go with god <laughs> you know but i mean you you get the idea of you know that it's with one finger it's not possible for me to tell somebody how to catch a coyote that's never even set a trap before and do it in a i i, I would be all over the freaking board you know, I would be typing and then forget what I'm, I watch TV and, and forget what I'm typing and have to go back and read it. It, it. It's like a whole shit show and not like a hot shit show either. Like it's just a regular shit show. So poor Sarah. <laughs> Anyways, I'll see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, if any of you are, uh, got offended by anything I say, well, wait till next week. It'd probably be worse. I don't remember what show it was. I don't apologize.